I'm the best in the world at what I do. I've been the best since day one. On this microphone, in the booth, in my bed, I live it. I breathe it. I am it. Welcome to the Soldier. What up, people? Welcome to another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie U podcast, featuring the one and only Donnie O, best in the world of what he does. On this here episode, it's the long-awaited. Now, matter of fact, let me let me let me stop bullshitting. Ain't nothing about this episode been long-awaiting, or should I say, long-awaited? For any New York football Giants fans out there. But this is where the swerve comes in. For those listeners that actually follow Donnie Oo on social media, you know, Twitter. Matter of fact, in this case, not Twitter. It's more like Instagram. I put out a story this past Friday explicitly explaining what I was going to discuss on this episode concerning the New York Giants. And boy, was there going to be some venom, some venom spewed, some salt sprinkled, or should I say some salt poured upon an open, abscess-ridden rune that is the New York football Giants. As what normally happens when it comes to life, shit changes. Shit changes. Oh boy, this shit changes. I, and I'm going to let y'all know this intro is going to be longer than normal because there's a lot of shit I need to get off my get off my mind, or should I get off my chest before I actually get into the meat and potatoes, if you will. I had. Start thinking. Actually, I got some feedback for some Giants fans amongst my listeners. I got some feedback stating, "Hey Donnie, I ain't listening to the Salty Thoughts anymore." I'm like, why? Cause I don't be liking how you be talking about the about the Giants. You be you be talking too much shit about the Giants. I'm like, really? Like my man, bro. I told 
<laughs> I'm like, wow. Then, and not really particularly because of this last one, but, you know, my brother calls me and he pretty much lets me know every week, yo, yeah, I, I, I ain't feeling all this giant slander. And I'm like, eh, but what I'm saying is true. 100% true. I, I, I ain't fabricating shit. I ain't lying. I'm spitting facts. Or as the, or as the witch call, as the young people would say, facts. <laughs> I ain't shit. But, um, but yeah, so I was like, oh, word. Y'all think, y'all think what I've said these last five, six weeks of the NFL season was bad. Y'all don't have nothing to worry about because this next episode is going to put the icing on the cake. And like I said, life happened. And you know what life left on my lap this past Sunday? Life left on my lap the present of our new New York J-E-T-S Jets 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 quarterback Mike White Mike White in his first start ever threw for 405 yards three touchdowns and two interceptions but three touchdowns and led my New York J-E-T-S Jets 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 to a come from behind victory against the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you know my New York JTS Jets 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 were losing by 11 points with just over five minutes to go? And do you know that my New York JTS Jets 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 came back and won that game solidly behind the arm of the new King of New York, Mike White? The new Heisenberg of the football shit, Mike White. So when that happened, and oh yeah, I'm actually failing to divulge the behind the scenes of this past Sunday. This past Sunday, I'm in the house. I happen to be off of my shoot job and I'm getting ready to watch my Jets, well, at least at the time, prepare myself to watch my Jets get absolutely murdered, slaughtered, throttled by the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm home and I'm watching the first drive and Mike White dumps it off and Mike White dumps it off and Mike White dumps it off. And he's like 11-11, 11 out of 11 in the first drive. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. Then... Me and the sponsor, the sponsor of this podcast, you know, the Lewis Snapback Box, only available in my apartment, more specifically, in my bed. Me and the sponsor had a nice discussion. Matter of fact, me and the sponsor had a disagreement. And I'm like, you know what? To make sure that this sponsor continues to be this sponsor 
maybe your boy Donnie needs to take this act on the road. And on the road I went. I went to my brother's house. For the first time, I want to say, first time since before the pandemic. Matter of fact, first time in probably a couple years, we actually sat down and watched a football game with each other. And this said brother is a Giants fan. He was watching the Jet game. And we're discussing what we discussed. And we're watching this game play out. And I remember I was I was in the middle of doing something. And I'm like, I looked at the screen and I'm like, oh shit. Yo. They 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 about to win this fucking game. Oh shit. The Jets are about to win this fucking game. Oh shit. This motherfucking and going for 400 yards. And I turned to him and I said, you know what? I think the tone of this coming week's podcast, this coming week's episode is going to be distinctly different than the tone of what I was previewing. Matter of fact, I got so much positive vibes running through my body, running through my veins concerning my New York J-E-T-S Jets Jets. Maybe I don't even want to talk about these fucking giants. But then I was like, you know what? No, I already put that little that little caveat out there. Like, yo, y'all got to tune in. Y'all got to tune in and and, 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 and and listen to all the bullshit I spew about these giants. So, what what is Donnie to do? What is Donnie to do? So I'll tell you exactly what Donnie's going to do on this here episode. For one time and one time only, at least for the foreseeable future, I am going to provide timestamps to this episode. So those who don't want to hear the 100% truth, 100% facts, no fabrication whatsoever when it comes to the New York football giants, you know, the G-men. Those who don't want to hear or who, who want to dodge the truth, they can look in the description of this episode, see the time that I'm going to talk about the Giants, and by all means, y'all can skip that. Y'all can skip that segment. Because at this point in time, when it comes to this podcast, as long as y'all listen to some of it, I'm perfectly happy. Because this podcast, you know, the Salty Daughter Donnie Ooh podcast. Is a hundred percent independent. I am beholden to no one, not a fucking soul. So if I want to make this shit two hours, I can make this shit two hours. If I want to make this shit two minutes, I can make this shit two minutes. I'm not beholden to. Oh yeah, I gotta get a, a certain amount of a certain amount of plays, a certain amount of likes, a certain amount of followers. Fuck that. You know. This is what makes my podcast unique. 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 I say that I say that shit three times. For added emphasis. So, matter of fact, before I go into the tangent I was about to go, I'm going to give y'all a rundown of this here fucking episode. Okay. 
after you hear the, I'll be talking about my New York J-E-T-S Jets and Jets. Their current quarterback, Mike White. Their franchise quarterback, who's recuperating from injury. And a slight preview for this week's game against the Indianapolis Colts, which is in prime time on Thursday, which will be tomorrow by the time y'all listening to this shit. So I'm going to talk about my New York Jets. And then I'm going to talk about the New York football giants and their unfortunate loss this past Monday in Kansas City against the Kansas City Chiefs. An eminently winnable game, but a loss nevertheless. Then I'm going to touch upon my New York Knicks and their 5-2 and two record and what I see so far in this very, very early portion of the season and how I feel about the newest phase, the newest fad when it comes to the Knicks, bing bong, and what bing bong actually means. And of course, finally, I will give y'all another installment of Donnie doesn't know what the hell he's doing, a.k.a. Donnie's fantasy football talk. That's what's going to be on this here edition of the Salty Door to Donnie Ooh podcast. Hopefully, everything will remain the way it's supposed to be. I appreciate each and every one of y'all that support your boy Donnie, that listens to your boy Donnie and continues to listen to your boy Donnie. I appreciate each and every one of y'all that pushes me forward in my innovation of this podcast. You know, off the wall segments, Segments you have never heard about before, but we'll probably hear about again. Sometimes being a beacon of light in this dark, dark forest that we call podcasting is a hard fucking job. But you know who's up for that job? Even though this job pays zero dollars and zero cents, your boy Donnie Ooh is up for this job. And yeah, if you couldn't tell, that's a train in the background. And you know, if you hear a train in the background, you know what that fucking means? That means your boy Donnie is back in his car studio, all in his fucking glory. And I swear, if I start hearing motherfuckers. Making podcasts in their cars. I know exactly where they got that fucking idea from. So I better not hear not that fucking background sound. Or anybody podcast. Especially the sound of a train. Because I didn't trademark it yet, but I will trademark that shit. Mark my words. Matter of fact, I need to I'm I, I really am past due on trademarking and copywriting a whole bunch of shit. But by the end of the year, that shit would be so tight like my sponsor Swat 20-some-odd years ago. Now, with all that, let's get this shit on the road, will you?
<laughs> Without further ado, good night, mwah, and goodbye. Bang! First things first, the New York J-E-T-S Jets Jets Jets. And that, yes, that is an ambulance siren you hear in the background. Ha. I was trying to think how I was going to start this segment off. Like, really, how is I going to start this segment off? I've already proclaimed Mike White to be the king of New York. K-O-N-Y, evade N-Y, multiply. I've already proclaimed Mike White to be the Heisenberg of this New York jet shit. And how did how did this come to pass? How did this come to pass? Easy. Zach Wilson got hurt. Hurt his knee. Was supposed to be out two to four weeks. There was a some scuttlebutt that after they traded for Joe Flacco, which I explained in the last episode, that uh, Joe Flacco did not make himself available to the Jets until Friday before the game. So he was not eligible to play. So they went into the game with Mike White with his first start ever as an NFL quarterback. And his immediate backup, Josh Johnson, veteran of 15 years backup. So, like I said, I totally expected the Jets to get slaughtered. So much so that um, fantasy-wise, I chose Jamar Chase. I chose the tight end from Cincinnati. And being the fact that Mike White had no experience whatsoever, I'm like, yeah, he's going to lean on the running back. So I chose Michael Carter. But I'll get more in-depth than that when it comes to my segment, Dominic doesn't know what the hell, hell he's doing. But yeah. So like I said, I went in here with lower expectations, even more so, even more. Lowered expectations. Because what did Mike White have on a resume that would give me any type of hope? So with the preamble out the way, with the backstory out the way, let's get, let's get to the meat of the action. Mike White started this game completing his first 11 passes. His first 11 passes. And I'm like, whoa, okay. A lot of, I'll be at a lot of them were short. Dump off here, dump off there. But that was an improvement. You know why that was an improvement? The same thing I'd say on this fucking podcast time and time and time and time again. Zach Wilson ignores the dump off. Zach Wilson ignores the intermediate route. Zach Wilson ignores the running backs altogether. 
So when I'm seeing Mike White, actually run the offense the way it was designed and then march down the field against a vastly improved Cincinnati Bengals defense I believe at the time of the at the time of tip-off there was a top five defense so when I see Mike White and in these bevy of weapons march down the field and score for the first time this season in the first quarter, all of a sudden, I start believing in the unbelievable, in the unfathomable, that maybe, just maybe, we have ourselves a quarterback. Yeah, I know, it's kind of fucked up that six games into the season, after we drafted our potential franchise quarterback, Number two overall, that I would have a backup come in, play exceptionally well in the first in the first the first draft. I mean the first drive of the game, and uh, I would start debating whether or not the Jets made the right decision. It's gotten to the point. And when I say this is ridiculous, it's gotten to the point that a couple days ago, shortly after the game, the Jets hired Zach Wilson's private quarterback coach to be a part of the staff for the rest of the season. And I have a, I have a thought on that. It's almost like they're stacking the deck against my boy Mike White. Now, there's a difference between Zach Wilson and Mike White. Yes, Zach Wilson was highly coveted, highly thought of coming out of college. Mike White, journeyman in his less than two years of NFL experience. Zach Wilson has through the roof potential, through the roof arm skills. Mike White seems like he knows how to play the position of quarterback way better than Zach Wilson. So, it's kind of proof in the pudding that preparation will be talent every day of the week. But it's like I said, it's almost like they're stacking the deck. It's like, oh shoot, we got to protect our investment, which I understand. But on the flip side, Coach Robert Sala, when asked what would he do or what is what he's going to do when Zach Wilson is eventually available to come back, will he give him back his starting position or will he make him earn it back? And pretty much Sala said, look, anything's possible. Like, you know, if Mike White is doing the damn thing, then I'm going to let it roll. Zach Wilson's opportunity will come. But right now, I can't... I, tomorrow's not promised, so I don't know what's going to be afoot two weeks from now when we go to Buffalo or when we face Buffalo. I don't even know if it's a home or away game. 
And uh, that was the that was the proper answer because think of it this way: you're a rookie head coach. You came into that game with one win. You're you're coming off a shellacking of epic proportions. You're coming off. This is ridiculous because I'm like really stuck in traffic on my way to my shoot job because the city of New York decided that they're going to do construction the day of or should I say in the middle of the day and block off one of these major arteries to where I need to go which would be southern Brooklyn but I digress you see this is the shit that you miss when your boy does this shit in his car studio this is shit that you miss these are random tangents on the current conditions of your boy doing this podcast so where was I oh yeah Zach Wilson has proven time and time again in six weeks that either he's arrogant to the point of I know what's better for the team more than my coaching staff or he's just incapable of running the offense, which is even a worse it's a worse accusation. I got tongue tied. Forgive me. So when you actually have a quarterback on the field producing Robert Sala can't can't lose that can't lose that uh that locker room Robert Sala gotta he gotta say the correct thing because did you see how galvanized this defense was they were flying to the ball yes CJ Mosley coming back did have a lot to do with that but they were flying around the ball. They were flying around that field because of four simple letters. And those letters were H-O-P-E. Hope. Hope. They saw that their quarterback is going to keep them in the game. Their quarterback is going to execute the game plan. So they felt like, well, if we do our job because the quarterback is doing his job, then we have a good chance of succeeding and a good chance of winning this game. Coach can't tell them, yeah, I, I, which I love the way y'all played. I love the effort. I love the, the, the moxie. But um, yeah, we're going to put the sport brat back in the starting lineup, even though he hasn't proven anything. Also, you can even go back even further. At the beginning of the season, wasn't one of the things that the coach said of the reasoning why Denzel Mims wasn't a part of the offense, wasn't part of the package, was the fact that he needed to get in the lab, he needed to get in the classroom, he needed to learn more, he needed to learn exactly all the positions, so therefore he would be an interchangeable part. And the fact that there was receivers in front of him that were doing the job, 
that, that were doing the job admirably, that it would be unfair to them to just uh, pretty much uh, give him the position without it being earned. So, if that works for the wide receiver, it damn sure better work for the quarterback. And like I said, the one game that Zach Wilson won, he won with plays that were... Are you freaking kidding me? Another one? Like, how am I supposed to get to work? These mother effers keep on blocking off everything. Like, this is ridiculous. Anyway. If Zach Wilson... If the, if, if, if the coach goes back on his word that he loses the locker room midway through his first year. And that can't happen. Now I could go break down break break down which go break down the tape. And like I said, I was I was actually watching the game with my brother. But two major things happen. Because I'm not trying to talk about a half hour for the with the Jets. Two major things happen. That allowed us to come back. Number one, accuracy. Mike White was accurate. The two interceptions, while you can say, yes, it was his fault, one of them was his fault because he threw the ball before the uh, the running back was looking for the ball. So the ball ricocheted off the helmet, went up in the air, interception. Another one was something similar. He saw the ball, he saw the running back coming out, coming going in the flat. He saw the rush coming. And he uh, delivered the ball a little bit too early, and it got popped up in the in the air, and that was and that was another interception. But he showed accuracy. He showed a little zip on the touchdown pass that ultimately gave us the lead to stay. He showed athleticism because. We converted a two-point conversion with the old Philly special, which would be the JETS 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 special, where he caught a pass from, I believe, uh, Crowder for the for the two-point conversion. Those were key plays, and more often than not, he was able to keep a steady head. And now I remember what I was getting into before I got distracted off my detour. And that would be the one game Zach Wilson won is the game that he played off schedule. A lot of backyard football, if you will. A lot of, yeah, I'm going to fling this shit as far as I can. And I see my man opening. It's up to my man to go for a jump ball. That was what? Really, you couldn't make this fucking light? That was why he was successful in that game. It was because when he was actually playing on script, the Jets struggled for a half, well, two and a half quarters. And that is the big difference. And I keep on, I know I'm repeating myself in various ways, but time and time again, that's the difference. So going back to my original point, and yeah, 
the theme of this podcast is going to be all about originality, being about, you know, being true to oneself. But my original point is that just a stack of the deck. Like, you bring in the personal quarterback coach for your rookie quarterback conveniently two days after your rookie quarterback is probably scared to death and he's about to lose his job to his backup. And his backup is like, yeah, you know, I, I got the utmost confidence in my ability. You know, I knew I, I knew this was going to happen. I saw it. I saw it happen, and it happened. And this motherfucker's going like two miles an hour. Like, I don't have a place to go. Like, I don't have a place to be. Yeah. Ay, Dios mio. So, if that's the case, why don't you get anybody personally trained to be on the staff? Bart Scott said today, yo, you got this dude a whole job, a whole salary. Probably paid for moving expenses in the whole nine. Because you're, but you do this in November. If it was that urgent, if it was that important, then why didn't you do this when you had the, um, you experienced the unfortunate death of, I believe, the senior offensive coordinator that was hired? If anything, you should have pivoted then. But no, you wait until two days after the backup quarterback set fucking jet records. You know a jet quarterback has not thrown for over 400 yards in 21 years? The last jet quarterback that threw for 400 yards was Vinny Testaverde in the year 2000. And this was even prime Vinny Testaverde. This was Vinny off the couch Testaverde, 400 yards against the stout record-breaking Ravens defense. The Super Bowl champion Ravens defense. 21 years ago. 21 years ago. It's ridiculous. And this boy got off the bench and did the damn thing. Another thing that's probably going to be overlooked is the fact that, oh no, everybody's going to be like, well, you know, they Mike White caught, caught people, people by surprise. Really? Did he really catch people by surprise? Think about it. He came into the game the previous week when Zach Wilson got injured, meaning he got all the webs. He got all the snaps. He got all the practice. Yeah, was there limited film? Yeah, but they knew who the fuck they was, they, they was going against. You know, the Bengals just bangled. That's all. With a little help from Mike White. So, tomorrow night, in Indianapolis, what makes me fear? What makes me believe that uh, we don't have a chance in hell? I believe we're going to be three and six. Yeah, I'm putting that shit out there right now. And there's not going to be no. I'm not going to rescind what I just said. I'm picking the Jets to be to be victorious. Tomorrow night against the Indianapolis Colts. 
And I'm not going to have no segment next week so, talking about maybe dot, 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 I was wrong. No, I'm going to stand on my own too. Or I'm just going to be wrong. But um, Carson Wentz doesn't doesn't instill no fear in me. Give a fuck about no Carson Wentz. You know, it's almost it's almost similar. Like I got us into the hearse. I don't know why that shit just came to my mind. That was some old rap shit. I think that was uh, cellar dwellers. I got us into the hearse. <laughs> All my '90s head out there. If you don't if you don't remember cellar dwellers. I don't know what to tell you. Cellar dwellers. In the line. In the line. From the line. From the line of the lost. Do you know what the land of the lost was? Or should I say, do you know where the land of the lost was? Do you know what they were talking about? They were talking about Flatbush, Brooklyn. Go figure. I never thought that Flatbush was the land of the lost. Always thought Coney Island kind of fit that description more. Than Flatbush. Have you ever been to Coney Island lately? Have you ever been to Coney Island ever? I swear it's almost like the seawater gets in motherfuckers' brains because those motherfuckers are off. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, as you can tell, I guess my Jets fucking topic is over. But uh, yeah, Jets are gonna win. Mark my words. Zach Wilson. I don't know. I, I'm I'm really rooting for Mike White to put up another 300 yard game. Just to make it interesting. Just to make it... Yeah, just to make it very interesting on what the Jets are really going to do. You know? I mean, I know we're not going to throw Zach to the garbage bin because... Then Joe... Joe... Joe Judge. Joe Douglas will pretty much uh, confirm that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Tell you the truth, he should probably be on my segment of I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But, um, yeah, Joe Douglas is not going to throw him into the trash heap. Not yet, anyway. That's why he's giving him every angle, every possible rope to hold on to, to uh, try to hold off the onslaught of the King of New York, Mike White. Shit. Mike White going to be in the locker room talking about, I am the danger. <laughs> W-F-T Soft <laughs> Now is the time for all my New York football Giants fans out there You know, the G-Men fans out there Y'all can skip this segment Yeah, I know y'all still listening I told y'all, y'all can skip this segment because in the next five seconds, if y'all don't skip this segment, then y'all gonna hear whatever the fuck y'all gonna hear, and I ain't taking it back. So I'm gonna count down. Five, four, three, two, one. The New York football giants played this past Monday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
And unfortunately, they lost. They lost an eminently winnable game against the Kansas City Chiefs. They lost by the score of 20 to 17, which is coincidentally the score that I predicted last week. With a little caveat, I predicted that the Giants were going to be the victors by the score of 20 to 17. And I'm watching the game and I'm like, you know what? Your boy Donnie is about to be 100% correct because the Giants are going to win this game by the score of 2017. They took a 17-14 lead in the fourth quarter. And I looked, looked at the time remaining, looked at how the game played out, looked at how Kansas City was just struggling. Kansas City is such a shell of the team from the last three years, it's a shame. So with all that being said, I'm like, yeah, the Giants have a chance. This isn't this isn't the the which card the the mega explosive team from the past. This is the average football team. So when they took the lead 17-14, I'm like, okay, I can see how this is going. The Giants defense has played very well this uh, tonight. I can see them potentially holding Kansas City to a field goal, which will make it 17 all. The Giants will get the ball. Uh, the dude Booker had a pretty good game. Uh, Devontae Booker, the running back, had a pretty good game. So I'm, I think they're going to probably dump it down, get into the field goal range. You got Graham Gano, who's good from, from, from about 55. And they're going to win this game. While the time expires, and they're going to win it by the score of 20 to 17. And it almost came to fruition. The Giants hold Kansas City to a field goal. It's 17 all. Unfortunately, the Giants were not able to hold them. Well, we're not able to. Uh, Marched down the field, so they gave the ball back to Kansas City. And they potentially had a chance to get the ball back with a with a turnover. But as New York Giants normally do, they don't capitalize on turnovers. There was two instances that perfectly encapsulates the Giants season so far they had a strip sack of Patrick Mahomes the ball is on the ground and it's recovered by the Kansas City Chiefs and then the final drive of Kansas City when they're marching down the field for a potential game winning field goal the Giants forced Patrick Mahomes into And then deception. And I'm like, great. 17-0. They're going to get this ball in pretty decent field position. Pretty decent field position. And they're going to win this field. They're going to win this game on a field goal. And then I see that yellow. That yellow color in the corner of my screen. And you know what that yellow 
that yellow color means? That yellow color meant there was a flag on the play. And you know what that flag on the play was? Holding. No, no. Offsides. Patrick Mahomes, they, they, they flashed to a picture of Patrick Mahomes. He has that face like, yeah, I knew it. That's why I just flung that shit up there. Nah, motherfucker. You flung that shit up there because you were scared to death. He's still having flashbacks from the Super Bowl when Tampa Bay whooped that ass. So he flung it up. Great, great catch for the interception. And it was overturned due to the offside penalty. And you can see Kansas City just get that second win. And Kansas City is like, this is our chance. This is our chance. And eventually, they hit the field goal. The New York Giants neglected to call a timeout before the two-minute warning. So therefore, they got the ball back with just over a minute left to play. I believe they got the ball back with 65 seconds left to play. And they commenced to move the ball back 10 yards. Third down, Daniel Jones got sacked with no timeouts. Fourth down, Daniel Jones got sacked, strip fumble, game over. And I'm just watching this game and I'm like, yeah, I'm the one that's wrong. Yeah, I'm the one. Donnie talks too much shit about the Giants, so I'm not going to listen to his podcast. Okay. As I explained in numerous conversations with numerous people, when I talk about the Giants, I talk about fact. 100% fact. I don't fabricate shit. I'm not, com I'm not pulling shit out my ass. I'm talking fact. Fact. This is the fourth consecutive year. The Giants started two and six. Fact. There's at least three games this season. The Giants should have won, but because of stupid asinine penalties, they end up losing. Fact. The Giants like to be held to a standard such as the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they have yet to produce like those two teams. Fact. Do you know in the last 50 years, 50, since 1970, the Giants have had two five-year runs of success. Two times five equals 10. So 10 out of the last 50 years, the Giants have actually been decent. Fact. The Giants, being in fact, they've only been decent 10 out of the last 50 years, have only been decent 20% of the time. Now, I was told that because the Giants won four Super Bowls and the Jets have only won one and haven't won one where I haven't been back in the last 50 years, that my opinion as a Jets fan doesn't matter. My 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 opinion 
as a long-suffering Jet fan, does it matter? Because the Giants have brought the city something of substance. The Giants have brought the city championships. The Jets have brought the city nothing but misery. Yes, why that's why that is fact. Yes, that is fact. The Jets bring misery. The Giants bring championships. Like I've said, the Giants' last championship was 10 years ago. Yeah, I know the Jets' last championship was like 52 years ago. Yeah, I know. But we're talking about facts here. The Giants have made the Super Bowl, I mean, they made the playoffs one time in the last 10 years. The Giants are an organization that is almost as if if they don't make the playoffs, they stink. So if it's are you fucking kidding me? This traffic is this traffic is crazy. But yeah, it's almost as if the if the when the Giants don't make the playoffs, the Giants say fuck it. It's almost as if when the Giants win this little fucking Super Bowl, they're like, all right, look, we good. We brought y'all motherfuckers a championship. Leave us alone. Almost in true New York fashion. You know, leave us the fuck alone. So, while that might be somewhat accurate, as in the Giants do bring the city championships, the Giants do the city a disservice because they allow their fan base to feel that they're more important than they really are. I remember, look, 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 look. I remember the two years prior to the Giants winning their last championship. There's a lot of green in this city. There was a lot of green in this city. You had motherfuckers wearing jet paraphernalia that you had never even knew they even follow football. When the Jets are good, it's good for the city. When the Giants are good, it's good for themselves. No, <laughs> All right. That's the one thing that I've said that isn't 100% fact. But, um, what, what, what's going on? What, what, what do you do? Oh, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Giants about to have a Rona outbreak. Yeah, I said it. The Giants about to have a Corona outbreak. I believe the report said 13 members of the Giants organization have tested positive for the Rona. Saquon Barkley has tested positive for the Rona. Oh, yeah. See, this is another thing that conveniently gets forgotten. The Rona is still around. You start seeing in the NBA, players are starting to pop up positive. You had Chris Middleton from, from the Bucks. He tested positive. Uh, uh, marketing from, from the Bulls, I believe, or wherever the fuck he's at. Formerly of the Bulls, he tested positive. Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers just tested positive. Weather starts getting cold. Motherfuckers start slacking up because they were like, hey, yeah, 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 this Rona, yeah, yeah, it's over. The pandemic over. Ain't pandemic ain't over. Panty's still raging. 
So yeah, facts. Yeah, the Rona, the Rona is running rampant through the Giants right now. And actually, that breaking news kind of threw me off because now I'm like, damn, I can't really talk as much shit about the Giants as I normally do because, you know, this is starting to become, you know, uh, starting to become serious health-wise. You know, never mind about the injuries, but now, you know, you got multiple members of the organization with the Rona. It's almost like icing on the, icing on the cake. Like, all right, we're two and six, and we're about to be knocked out because we got the Rona. Yo, what the hell is going on with all this construction, man? This shit is killing me, man. Shoot, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running behind to my shoot job, man. But yeah, so I, yeah, it kind of, kind of, kind of threw me off. You know, I should have ignored that fucking breaking news and just continued my onslaught. I don't know what else is to say. You know, and quiet is kept. You know the reason why? I, I swear, I was so prepared to get on this, to get on this platform, to get on this podcast, and spew nothing but positive platitudes toward the Giants for a well-deserved, hard-earned, prime-time road victory, and for holding, making sure that Donnie was correct in his prediction. But as usual, anytime I give any type of faith to the Giants, they let me down. But yet, I'm supposed to be like the giant fan base and just accept a banana in a tailpipe to accept a plant in my ass to accept. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, look, look. I, you know what? I, 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 I'm considering keeping it a hundred with y'all because it is starting to cause some the division, some division in my fan base, in my listenership. I'm, I'm really beginning. I'm thinking of con. I'm, I'm contemplating. Oh shit! Just realize what time it is and realize where I'm at. Wow. But um, I'm really contemplating on just telling the Giants, like, you know what? Fuck it. I ain't going to talk about y'all no more. You know, since y'all want to be pacified and y'all only want to be, y'all only want me to reinforce the good shit and not amplify the bad. You know, I mean, longtime fans of Donnie O, which probably amount to maybe like half a dozen or so. But longtime fans of Donnie O know that one of my monikers, one of my favorite monikers that I used to go by is Mr. Reality Check. And maybe my reality is a little bit too real for Giant Faithful, for Big Blue Nation. So maybe I should just act like they don't fucking exist. How about that? I don't know. 
I'm actually going to put this out for some feedback. If y'all want your boy Donnie to continue talking about the Giants, both positively and negatively, shoot me a line at Donnie.oo at gmail.com. Matter of fact, fuck that. Shoot me a line on Instagram. Donnie Oo. At Donnie Oo. Shoot me a line on Instagram at my sister page. <laughs> Mike underscore Steph. Let me know. Do y'all want me to continue talking about the Giants? Or do y'all want me to just ignore them and act like they don't fucking exist? Because I've told y'all time and time again, there's no middle ground with your boy Donnie Oo. It's either all or nothing. So either I'm going to talk about him freely, or I'm going to give him my ass to kiss and say, you know what, fucking oh, Giants, who... who who is this team that y'all talk about? So, like I, like I said, give me some feedback on Instagram at Donnie U or Mike underscore Steph. Mike underscore S T E P H. Give me an opinion on what the fuck is going on. I'm going to add on to the last segment and I'm not talking about the Giants so you know y'all could which call y'all can actually you know Giants faithful y'all can join back into the conversation I'm only going to spend about five minutes on this but I would be remiss if I don't mention why well, I don't get my little two cents on this vaccination bullshit going on with the NFL and when I say bullshit I mean, the fucking experiment, the experience of privilege and how you being a star, it starts at different levels. And I guess the amount of shit that you can get away with depends on how popular you are, how big a star you are. And I say all this to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, like I said, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Yeah, he tested positive for the Rona, right? Now, it has come back, where it has come out as fact. There's that word again. It has come out that Aaron Rodgers was never vaccinated. Never vaccinated. He specifically said at a press conference at the beginning of the season, when he was asked in the press conference, are you vaccinated? He said, I am immunized, which is not the same as being vaccinated. He knew what the fuck they was talking. He knew what the fuck they was asking. He was asking, they was asking, motherfucker, Aaron, you're A-Rod. Did you get stabbed in the arm or not? He wanted to be all cute and shit and say, I am immunized. Immun Listen, I hate, and when I say I hate, I hate when I get interrupted when I'm doing this podcast, especially this method that I do this podcast when uh, I get a phone call right in the middle of my fucking thought and then 
being the fact that time is precious to the, and of the essence, then I have to like reconfigure how I'm going to finish these segments. All right, no venting. Yeah, and I'm inside. Am I inside my humble abode? Anyway, I was talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? And the privilege of the fact of he was asked at the beginning of the season, Aaron, were you vaccinated? And he said he chose to be cute and say he was immunized. Now we fast forward all the way now, all the way to current day, which is what? September, October, November. Yeah, two and a half months later, and Aaron Rodgers tested positive for the Rona. So, normally you'd be like, uh, okay, well, so what? Here's where the privilege comes in. Also, the beginning of the season, during preseason, there was a quarterback uh, quarterback battle in New England with um, Mac Jones, the rookie, versus the incumbent for an MVP, Cam Newton. There was a difference between the two. The difference was one was vaccinated, i.e. Mac Jones. The other was unvaccinated, i.e. Cam Newton. Now, during this pivotal, there was a pivotal point in the preseason for the quarterback battle. And it was already, well, it was still Cam Newton's job to lose. But because of certain COVID protocols that you have to follow when you're unvaccinated and a technicality arose and he was forced to sit on the bench. Or matter of fact, he was forced to miss the game, the pivotal third preseason game, or maybe it was the second preseason game. Pretty much, yeah, I think it was the third preseason game. And Mac Jones was able to get the majority of the reps and show the coaching staff what he was capable of with the starters for a prolonged length of time. And that slowly but surely led to Cam Newton being released. Largely in part because he was unvaccinated. And I remember hearing through all the media, oh, you know, Cam Cam would be the starter if he would have just got the shot. Cam, which going to put himself in this predicament, blah, 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 blah. You know, now since he's cut, nobody's going. a lot of teams are going to be apprehensive to bring him in because he's unvaccinated and you don't want your quarterback to be unvaccinated and so forth and so forth and so forth. Now, yes, this is breaking news. And we do have the rest of the week to see the fallout, media-wise, to Aaron Aaron Rodgers' decision. Or should I say deception? And I really don't plan on spending too much time on this on this subject, but I feel like me being Donnie Ooh, this being the platform that it is, I would be remiss in not mentioning it and just brushing past it and say, yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, which got uh, tested positive. But like I'm saying, there was a large backlash against Cam Newton for being unvaccinated and the risk that other teams were going to take if they would have brought him into their team, brought, the, brought him into the building, literally. Now, Aaron Rodgers, like I said, said he was immunized. You mean to tell me Okay, and they assumed that he was vaccinated. Assumed. 
Like there's no paper trail. There's no uh, registry you have to do. I mean, I know with my shoe job, you got to do that. Do they follow up? <laughs> yeah, all right. But I know there's a system in place. Maybe it's maybe it's very much going on similar to my to my um, place of place of business. You know, they just take your word for it. You know, if you're not, then uh, you know you can get away with whatever the fuck you get away with. And that's what Aaron Rodgers has been doing. He's been posing as if he was vaccinated. He has not been following any of the protocols put in place for unvaccinated players. And there was an example that was spoken upon, and that was the example of Carson Wentz, the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, who is unvaccinated, and every time you see him off the field, he has a mask on. He has a mask on during the press conference. He has a mask on on the sideline when he has the helmet off. He has a mask on walking through the facilities. Aaron Rodgers been been playing in everybody's face. He's been having interviews up close and personal with motherfuckers unmasked. Unvaccinated. But you see the privilege? We assume. The NFL said, oh, look, that, that's, up to, that's up to each individual team. Really? But y'all put the pressure on at the beginning of the season by making the rules so stringent for unvaccinated players that even Cam Newton did a 180 and said, hey, yo. And not only did he do it, he announced it to the league, to the world, yeah, I got stabbed. Come and get me. Nobody's coming and get him. But yet now y'all want to pass the buck. Privilege. Privilege indeed. Now, due to time constraints, I'm going to actually make these next two segments shorter than they actually was planned on being. Or, quite frankly, just get to the point. The New York Knicks, after starting out 5-1, and one, and being atop the Eastern Conference in the first week and a half of the season, two weeks of the season, they have currently lost two consecutive games. One this past so what Wednesday, so this past Monday against the Raptors, where they had an early fifteen point lead in the second quarter, and they did not display the defensive intensity that had become their trademark and they allowed Toronto to uh, get hot and run rampant. And we lost by maybe like six, seven. Then actually earlier tonight, we played Indiana, the Pacers, and we got blown out by like 11, 13. And uh, what I see and hear out there are two trains of thought. One, which I'm a part of, is the fact that we understand that we're going to take a step back defensively as a team because the players we acquired are not defensive stalwarts whatsoever. So we understood we were going to take a step back because we acquired them based on their offensive output. 
So, yes, while these last two games could be concerning, especially with the de- you know the defensive aspect, because of the shots not falling, the effort should still be there, R.J. Barrett is showing out. Both on the offense and the defensive side. But um, what people don't people fail to realize or, pe- or people don't take into account is the fact that there's games that we won this season, if we would have had the lineup that we had last year, that we would have lost. Like, opening game, Boston. There's no way in hell we're winning that in double overtime. No way. Fournier, 32. Randall had 30. Kemba, Kemba was Kemba was solid. D. Rose was okay. Last year, it would have been Randall and that's it. The game against Chicago. Yes, RJ showed out. Career high 35 points. But last year, it would have been just RJ and nobody else. Randall had an off night. But he, but we, we wouldn't have had Kemba to, dro- to drop 16 to 18 points. We would have had Fournier, Fournier to drop 16 to 18 points. There's a, there's, is, a, is it going to be a give and take? It's going to be a give and take. But right now, as long as we're able to be Top tier defensively, every every night is not going to be a lockdown night. It's not. If I if our shot is not falling, then it is what it is. As long as we show the effort. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a couple particular players, and I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. Quickly. Take to me, he's step, taking a step back. I mean, I know he's getting limited minutes because we actually have. More players on the roster, more players in the rotation that's capable of playing the one and two. But quickly, it's like the limited minutes that he's getting, if he is not scoring, he's bringing nothing else. He's not distributing the rock. He's not playing. He's not which score. He's not a lockdown defender. Quickly got to gotta get his head in the game. Obi, Obi doing his thing. Obi's coming along very... Come along slowly but surely. I I really wish that he would get more minutes, especially early in the season, to get him accustomed to the intensity that's being played right now. Because right now we gotta we gotta target on our back. So teams are coming into the garden with extra intensity. Like, oh, the Knicks trying to Knicks trying to show out. Yeah, we gotta put them back in their place. Nah, nah, nah. So if you're going, if you're going to introduce Obi to the fire, you got to put him in there. Randall, Randall, to me, reeks of a player right now. That he's looking around, he's seeing that he's not the only good player on the team, and he's almost like he's pissing on the hydrant, marking his spot. Now. While I understand, I feel like he should feel, yes, everybody knows it's your team. Currently. Right now, it's your team. 
but he needs to incorporate or be more welcoming to incorporating the new, which called the newest additions, and so, so therefore the team runs like a rail oil machine. Right now, it's almost like the team is playing one way, and then there'll be a certain segment of the game. He's like, "All right, I gotta get mine right now. I got, I gotta let everybody know, yo, yo, everything runs through me." It was proven last year. Everything can't run through you. They got you help. Utilize the help. Straight like that. But there's one person that's not a quiet help. It's just he's coming into his own. His third fucking season. And that's R.J. fucking Barrett. Like I say, he dropped 35 against the Bulls. The following, he followed that up with like a 27-point output. And what is really, really, I wouldn't say surprising, but is very welcoming, is the fact of how uh, efficient RJ is scoring. He's scoring in multifaceted ways. He's not a one-trick pony anymore. He's scoring from the outside. He's scoring from the inside. He's going from the three-point arc. He's going from the, from the, from the baseline. And he's matching that, and he's not losing any intensity on a defense. His goal, he said his goal this year was to be all-NBA defense. And he's on the track of doing so. And it's been actually forgotten because just such as the influx of um, coaches or the revolving doors of coaches, coaches and GMs, since he came onto the team, this is his third coach. That he's a number three pick. Yeah, everybody knows that draft. We got the third best player going into the draft. Everybody knows we win Zion. And the way Josh is showing out in Memphis, shoot, that would have been gravy. But we got RJ. And... RJ's flaws were just showing, you know, just immensely uh, over the last two, you know, first two years. But this year, it's like he came in, he, he put in the work. You could see he done bulked up. He's able to take that contract contact. He's able to which go play bully ball if he need be. I'm really thinking RJ developing it into the total package. He might fuck around and be out two. And we just and Randall needs to slide down to the three, and we still need to concentrate on the one. But at this rate, yeah, call me a, a delusional Knicks fan whatsoever. I mean, whatever. But um fuck around. RJ might be our number one in about two years. Who knows? Who knows? The way the league is developing, who the hell knows? Now, before I get out of here, I did say I was going to mention Bing Bong, which I don't know how I feel about that. I really don't. Because over the years, the Knicks have, especially when they, when they, well, when they've been decent, which has only been like two years in the last decade, but the Knicks have always had some type of moniker. Back in the, what, 
2011-2012 season when Melo was getting off, we had Knicks tape because we had such a collection of talent. You know, it was just multifaceted. So it was more like a mixtape, Knicks tape. I'm like, uh, all right. Yeah, hashtag Knicks tape. Then, uh, you know, and then I, which court, then I bench, was led by J.R. Smith, Mob Deep. Because they used to come off, the, come off the bench just bombing from three. Mob Deep, yeah. And now we got Bing Bong. Do y'all know what Bing Bong means? I swear, I, I went, when I first heard it, I was like, that's odd. Bing Bong. The fuck? I mean, we're the Knicks. We're not no 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 goombas or whatever. Bing bong, bong, bada boom, bada bing. No. There's a reason why it's pronounced bing bong and not bing bong. Hmm. Without giving too much about myself, <laughs> that sound is the sound that you hear right before the doors close on an MTA train in New York City. So, they're saying, if you want to jump aboard this train, because we're headed to the moon, then you better get in this train before the doors close on you. And when you hear the too late. <laughs> like I said, I don't know how I truly feel about this. Being a man of a certain age, I really think this is the most retarded thing I've ever fucking heard. And yeah, I know they ain't pl politically correct saying retarded nowadays, but no, this shit is retarded. Like, what, they're going to have like 15,000 in the Mecca? All at once, bing bong. I don't know. I don't know. That shit's uh, that shit's crazy. But which going ain't crazy than Nick's tape, <laughs> you know. But it's but I say all this to say it's so good for the Knicks to be relevant again. It's so good for the Knicks to be actually good, not decent, good. With a potential to actually make a little run, make a little noise. I'm not look. I'm not deluding myself saying we a championship team. I look. I look. I know. But like I said, also say, uh, you know, I ain't gonna talk about those motherfuckers. Cause this is the Knicks segment, right? Right. Bing bong. Niggas is fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, man. Alright. You know how niggas be biting and shit. Niggas be biting mad styles and shit for niggas, man. Yeah. So I be yeah. hating, man. I can't stand a fucking biting ass nigga. Wanna use your lines all ahead of time before you even uh, get a chance to shine on your own shit. So you know what I'm saying? Niggas be killing me though, son, because you know, they be, they be coming with your words and shit. They hear you say one word, then here they come with the word, trying to flip it and bounce it and shit on some yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Not sounding right, first of all, and shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Boom. But then you got niggas, son, on the rail. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, 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 niggas is biting off your album cover and shit. Yeah. Boom, bad enough, they biting lines like niggas killed me yeah. when they came with some not. Niggas bit off a nine shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
Well, niggas, 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 niggas caught his little album cover, booms, and I did a nine to that shit. Yeah. I'm like, damn, what the fuck, man? It's like these yeah. happy-go-lucky niggas, man, when they get on, man. They want to pop a little, a little champagne. Well, like I said, you know you what I'm saying? Every few, every time you see him, you know what I'm saying? Like, front on the front for me, man. If you Yo, going to play that role, man, play it, It's though. like this, man. Niggas, man. Niggas know not to fuck around with this shit, though. I don't give a fuck how nasty nah, niggas Nah, son. Give. Let me tell these niggas something, God. I don't want niggas sound like me. On no album, you know what I'm saying? For real, cause I'm a, I'm approaching niggas, man. For real, man. I don't want nobody sound like me, man. For real, son. You know, oh, bad enough, nigga. I don't want nobody sound like nobody for my clan, man. Keep it real. Get your own shit, man, and be original. Hold up. That's be, all, man. You be a and you going, you going to come out your own way. Whatever how you going to take it, man. Fuck it. Now, for the newest installment of. Sonny doesn't know what the hell he doing. <laughs> no, Donnie really doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Because Donnie normally would have just fucking burnt, torched, pillaged, and all types of shit. But this new and improved Donnie chooses to uh, think in more methodical ways, move in more, uh, shoot, uh, more, uh, what the fuck? I done lost my train of, no, I didn't lose my train of thought. Ah, either way, Danny's different. So, I say all that to say, this week, your boy Donnie actually is on a two-game winning streak Matter of fact, three-game winning streak. I am five and three. And I maintain, matter of fact, I solidified a place if the season ended today in the fantasy football playoffs. And uh, I don't really know how I should th feel about how I how I came through this past weekend. This past week, I won, I want to say by about 20 points, 15, 20 points. And I'm gonna pat myself in the back, Barry Harwood style, because what put me over the hump is something that I feel like just solidifies that I'm actually on the right path. I, 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 I'm staying true to my beliefs. I'm staying true to my train of thought. I'm staying true to my game plan. No, don't take any big risk trying to be cheap when it comes to the money you have to divvy out. No, 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 no. I'm going to pick players I know for the most part, unless they just stink it up. And I did have some stinkers on my shit. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. But I'm going to get these players that I know are going to get what they, what the back of their baseball card says. If it says, yeah, they, they normally give you about 20 points. Damn it. I'm going to pick them because I know they're going to give me 15 to 20 points. They might blow. They might suck. But for the most part, 
that's, they're going to be consistent. And then I will probably have to gamble with one slot being cheap. Not not counting the um the special teams slash uh defense. As long as I'm not negative with that, I can say that'll win. Because I'm picking pretty much the cheapest defense that I can get. Besides the Texans, I ain't picking them. Cause they just I, I don't know what the fuck is going on with them. So this week, like I said, I felt or I thought my Jets were gonna get slaughtered. Jamar Chase was just coming off, I want to say a two hundred yard, uh, yeah, two hundred yard receiving yard uh, game against Baltimore with their stout defense. So I felt or I thought where our fucked up secondary, you know, the Jets Jets Jets, their fucked up secondary, that uh they were gonna they were gonna torture us, so. I picked Jamal Chase. Like, why not? Why wouldn't I? And on top of it, I noticed that the tight end was actually getting off. I think he had, like, touchdowns in consecutive games. So I figured, once again, without Swiss cheese defense, tight end going to get off with one touchdown, too. And he was cheap. He only cost, like, 3700 So that was my cheap bargain. So I thought. And my last but not least bargain was something that I've tried to stay away from, and that's picking players on my own team because I overrate them. Because, of course, I want my players to be good. So I picked Michael Carter because I just knew that my quarterback making his first ever start was going to depend on the running back out the backfield. And damn it, he had like six receptions on the first on the first drive. And he scored the win. I mean, and he scored the um the initial touchdown. So right off the bat, he was in flames. He had like 13 points. I was like, oh. Everything is gravy. Now my opponent had mixing. So I'm rooting, like, don't run the ball, throw the ball, and throw it to Chase. Chase got a touchdown because they were starving trying to get him a touchdown. He, You could tell he was frustrated because he get, couldn't get off because our defense came to fucking play. So I was the conflicted. Like I said in the in previous segments, I watched this game with my brother. So I even told him, I'm like, yo, it's kind of fucked up. Like, I know it's kind of fucked up that my, my team's opponent has the ball and when they throw the ball, I'm actually cheering against my team. It's kind of fucked up. But at the end of the day, cash rules everything around me. Cream. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> anyway. So I picked Michael Carter. He had Mixon. Both of them kind of canceled out. Canceled out with each other. But still, it was a plus for moi. Jamar Chase scored his touchdown because they were starving him out. So, therefore, at least I knew at least I had 10 points. So, I, in my mind, I just switched those values. Because if Jamar Chase would have gave me 25 points and Michael Carter would have gave me 10 to 12 points, I would have been happy with that result. So, either way, guess what? Donnie wins. Yes, he did. So, 
I picked, I tried to be greedy. I picked Herbert, and I tried to stack him with uh, Mike Williams. And uh, I just figured that New England was due for a letdown, and boy, was I wrong. Not only did they beat the Chargers, which to a certain degree, really, I really don't care about, they shut down my stack. So my stack ended up being freezing cold. I picked Henderson, the running back from the Rams, because now, and this is what was spoken upon on the Donnie's Half-Ass NFL preview, when my boy Mojo King came on his podcast and was telling you about players that um, you need to watch out for and players that you need to uh, take calculated risk on. And the reason I'm talking like that and I like I'm a robot is because I totally lost my train of thought of what the fuck I was going at. Ha! This is what I was going at. During the season, at the beginning of the season, the prices are low for a lot of players because you don't know their performance yet. The better they perform, the more expensive they become. Now, one of my go-tos, besides Justin Herbert, and in actuality, Justin Herbert stinking up the last two weeks is actually working in your boy Donnie's favor because his price is going to remain the same which ends up being a bargain for the weeks that he does pop. But I digress. Another staple of my lineup is Cooper Cup from the Rams. Cooper Cup has been unstoppable. So, he's been so unstoppable, now his price tag as of last week was $9,400. You get $50,000 to sprinkle for six slots. Is it six slots or eight slots? I think it's eight slots. Yeah, there's eight slots. So $9,400, that's what? Uh, 20% of your money devoted to one slot. A little over, a little, a little, yeah, a little less than 20%. He had a good game last, last week. So that 94 is probably going to be close to 97, 9,800. By the end of the season, he's going to be 10,000. So then that's when you're going to really have to double down. Right now, being the fact I'm in competition and the double headers begin this upcoming week, I believe for the duration of the, of the season, I'm five and three. I feel like that gives me some wiggle room when it comes to these double headers. But I would prefer to sweep this next doubleheader, become seven and three, and then I really have wriggle room for the for the duration of the doubleheaders. And doubleheaders meaning now I play two opponents per week for the rest of our regular season. So five and three is great for me. But regardless, I say all that to say, since I'm in competition with people, I cannot really afford to take outlandish risk. Meaning, I'm going to pick Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford and then fill the rest of my lineup with trash. If I was doing a double up, a 50-50, perhaps. But one-on-one, especially 
dealing with two potentially two different lineups or dealing with or having your lineup go against two different lineups that's something i need i need i need stuff set in stone and i need i need multiple i need multiple uh, avenues of scoring so yeah so it's funny like i said before and i say it over and over and over and over and over and over again that this segment is called Donnie doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but the more and more I progress during this season, I'm giving y'all plenty of examples that Donnie does know what the fuck he's doing. And that encompasses a lot of things. It may look like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but trust and believe, I know everything. Well, I know every reason. Why well, I know why. I do what I do. Huh. Anyway. Next week. Double headed time. And um, it's, to me, it's make or break. So I'm, go- I'm going to look into this week as I have a pot- I, 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 I'm potentially able to really solidify. My first playoff bird, cause seven and three, seven and three, I really shouldn't fall, fall in the, fall in the fucking tank, fall in the toilet. I hope not, anyway. But uh, shh. if not, then I guess I, it's gonna be almost be like a self prophesizing, self prophesizing thing. And that is that Donnie doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Well, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Oo podcast. As always, I appreciate each and every one of y'all that choose me, Donnie Oo, to be the one that you choose to listen to. Normally, I don't do this. Normally, I damn sure don't ask for shit. Because I don't want to be asked for shit. But this time, I'm going to make a major a major exception. And it's very something simple. Y'all can choose to do it, or y'all can choose not to. I really have no say-so in the matter. So I'm just going to throw this shit out there. If you rock with me, if you rock with Donnie Ooh, if you rock with this podcast, I ask each and every one of y'all that do, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Share this shit out. Spread the word. That's it. That's it. And not to get too much into it, but um, you normally I don't even do shit like that. Ask. Yo, spread the word. I mean, I know it's promotion. And pretty much, you know, promotion is the means to uh, get my voice uh, more widely spread. Like legs of a whore. Pie digress. But, I don't know. It's just something about asking stuff like that. It feels like begging. And I damn sure not one to beg for not a thing. Nothing at all. 
Not a damn thing. But I figured, like, you know what? Fuck it. I have nothing to lose. This podcast has nothing to lose because it's my podcast. So I'm not beholden. I'm not, you know, like I've said before, I'm not, you know, looking at the looking at the fucking uh, analytics and saying, yeah, you know, uh, last week wasn't great. Got to pack it in. Or, shoot, somebody's telling me, yeah, you don't, you don't pick that shit up. You don't pick up that slack. Yeah, we're going to cancel you. Sure, I might be canceled for other things. It won't be by somebody saying, yeah, you, I can't do this no more. So I figure, like, if I'm going to do it, then I might as well do it, you know? And that's my long-winded way of saying thanks. Thanks for everything. Been two and a half years. Yeah, it's been two and a half years. Yeah, damn, it's been two and a half years. Ain't that a bitch? It's been a short and long two and a half years, and especially a long year and a half. But to put a bow tie on that shit, bottom line, if you will, thank you. Now, with all that out the way, y'all know what time it is. Hit up the plugs! EasyTree.me slash World of Donnie Ooh. EasyTree.me slash World of Donnie Ooh for everything Donnie Ooh. This podcast you're listening on, well, listening to, can be reached at EasyTree.me slash World of Donnie Ooh. Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh merch can be bought at EasyTree.me slash World of Donnie Ooh. And as always, Unfortunately, if hip-hop is your thing and you want to hear Donnie Ooh spit some bullshit, that could be heard at easytree.me slash Rudder Donnie Ooh. Also, the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh podcast can be heard on multiple. Yes, that's right. Multiple. What kind of sign would that be? X? Multiple. Streaming platforms. Fuck title. But it can be heard on Apple. Can be heard on Spotify. Can be heard on Nindal Defunct. Google. <laughs> and uh, any other podcasting app that you may have on your uh, vocal apparatus. You just put me in the search engine and nine times out of ten, this fucking podcast will pop up. So, with me out the way, let's go to Hip Hop Hidden, hidden Gems. Hip Hop Hidden Gems, hosted by my, bro, my boy, my motherfucking man. And yeah, I, yeah, y'all heard, heard that fucking slip. The Mojo King and his partner, Willie Freeman, who will dig in the crates and unearth all the hidden gems from back in the day in hip-hop. And for all those fantasy sports lovers out there, golf to be exact, check out Hidden Gems Golf. Hidden Gems Golf, also hosted by the Mojo King, part of the 19 19- 
If you're into wrestling, even if you're not into wrestling, check out the Black Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. Check out the homies, Cal, Brother Fam, Math, Drip, like, subscribe, and all that good shit. Like, subscribe, and all that good shit. No, truly, check them out. Well worth your well worth your time, and uh, if you do check them out and you hit that like and subscribe, tell them Donnie who sent you. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it with the plugs. I think that's it with me rambling. I think that's it with this fucking episode. Next week. You know, more than usual. Unless y'all give me some feedback about these fucking giants. But either way, it'll be more than usual. So um, if you don't know what that means, I don't know what to tell you. If you do know what that means, I will check y'all next week. Goodbye. Bye. That was the best fucking I ever had. Yeah, it's because you've been dealing with the ace. Mm-hmm. You got to leave? Where you going, sugar? That bitch take care of it. Oh, shit. Shit, that's my old man. Shit. Better go talk to him. She put me on the mega shit, bout to slap the bitch She shot crazy verbal, I leaned back like I'm rich It took place late night on February 17th Hands flooded like ink, my face on her magazine Just got back from Honolulu, pocket stacking buku cash Girlfriend sipped on you and laughed, yo While I was on tour, huh? you went to work Quick, fast, had a nigga dick in the dirt You couldn't wait just to kidnap the bait of my sperm Who is you at, ho? Pinky out, she put in my perm That's all you ever said to me, thought that could hold me Remember when I long dick you and broke your ovary, you crab bitch Chicken head hoe, eating heroes I'm the first nigga that had you watching flicks by De Niro You gain crazy points, baby, just being with God Told you how to eat the right foods fast and don't eat law I gave you earth lessons, I came to you as a blessing You didn't do the knowledge with the God was manifesting You sneaky fuck bitch, your ways and actions told it all I fucked you while you was bleeding, held you down in malls Sexually, you worship my dick like a cross I had you feet out, broke out for a month, you fell off You was my main shit, my peeps showed you love on the string You saw how I got down the way I thought had you trained But you had to fuck this lobster head ass nigga I should've slapped him, but the guard said chill That's your wish for God, handle that in the lab I'm wondering how many times your hot ass got stabbed You dumb bitch, horny hot fuck from out the mountains Your clientele is low, catch you next show bro I got jerk, gave away my pussy, that shit hurt It feel like somebody died or shot your old earth But fuck it, I fucked you on a chair with three legs Broken tables, had you screaming while you was biting on my cables We slid to the washing machine and threw it on Spin. If your pussy dry, spit on my dick and put it in My dick's the bomb, baby Marvelous heart steak Plus I'm conceited stalks make the biggest so-called race I'm God, cypher divine, love my pussy refined That means clean, the FDS smell with a shine Word up, respect that hoe